0: So 295 of texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. And on today's show, I'm going to speak very quietly because my kids are asleep in the room next door. And I'm interviewing Robin Warren, who is a, a longtime listener of texting and a regular commenter and now a bootstrapper. Well, hello, Robin. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey Justin, I should probably try and keep quiet as well because my daughter's sleeping in the room next to mine. Although she's oh nice, she's normally out like a light, but yeah, if she starts
0: screaming, then I'll I'll let you know. This is the two English guys with kids asleep in the room next door show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. So, uh, so you're so um you uh, sent us an email saying that you would love to be interviewed and um that you're bootstrapping a a project. So what what is that project and and how how far have you got? And tell us all about it.
1: Okay, so um the project, the tool is called um, Corello. Um, so it's at getcorello.com if anyone decides to want to take a look. And it's a dashboard for Trello, um, mostly for um, development teams, really. So sort of agile teams doing Scrum and Kanban. And um, I'm just over a year into working on that, really. So I left a job um, a year ago, December, and decided to go full-time. So that was when my daughter was born, actually. So I saw my evenings and weekends disappearing. So I went full-time and hit on this idea um, a few months into that. I've been working on it
0: ever since. Wait, so you left your job before you had your new income? Yeah. Oh, wow. There's nothing like a gun to your head to really make you get income. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: it was redundancy process, so I had some money from the business. It was So it was kind of a gun to the head, but also boot up the arse out of the way, um, out of the old business, really. Um, yeah. But I think it was just that whole with Iris on the way, I kind of thought you know, this is going to be the last good chance I would get to try and do it full time. Although it was kind of terrifying at first because I had no clue what I was going to do. and was just spending money. But yeah.
0: Well, that's awesome. I mean, you know that we love stories on the show. So um, I'd love to just hear how it, how you came up with the idea and then how you moved forward, how you validated it. Or did you validate it? I mean, what, how did it all, all pan out from right from the beginning?
1: Yeah, so um, the way I actually came up with the idea was... Um, a lot of luck really. I spent a month doing, um, sort of trying to validate other ideas and trying to come up with um, look for problems I could solve. I was looking for a lot of plugin kind of related things but this came up completely um, out of the blue, really, there's a friend here who run, runs a content marketing agency, and he wanted to sort of pitch me on becoming their first tech hire to work on uh, building the tech out as they grew their their business effectively, which I said I wasn't really interested in because I wanted to stay on the, the product side of things. Um, but I offered to go and spend a day helping him work out, you know, what were tech problems, what weren't tech problems, um, what his priorities should be, and get, get like a rough kind of project plan together that he could show to, um, you know, a potential dev hire and talk them through what what you needed to get done. And it was and sort of day after that it kind of sort of dawned on me so it's one of them stupid things you know you sort of look back and you think it was really obvious at the time there's a guy telling me all these problems and a lot of them were Trello related or sort of getting data out of Trello related and it was only sort of 24-48 hours later I was like so I was looking at all these other problems I was trying to find I was like wait a minute <laughs> I know a guy who's got a problem that I could probably solve so um, yeah so I sort of fired off an email to him and said look I think I'm going to work on one of these we talked about the other day and you could would save him sort of um four hours a week so sp- like that specific. For him was, um, he was his colleague was spending two to four hours a week just going through all their boards because they they've got a lot of clients and they had a board per client and he was he was just having to go through every single board trying to work out if he'd missed something that week if one of their writers hadn't moved a card on that they should have moved on if something was overdue or about to go overdue and it was just like okay there's an API that's fairly trivial for a software developer to you know sort of write something which can pull that data out so yeah sort of pitched him on that got a proof of concept together in a week, which shows some sort of swearing about of the, like, you know, positive swearing and um, <laughs> took it from there really. So, yeah, that was...
0: So, so did you just work with, um, you basically validated with the one customer first and then decided to go for the full build or did you uh, do more validation than that?
1: So, I... At first, it was just that one person and just my own kind of gut feeling. Okay, there's... I think Trello just announced that they had... Ten million users, or so that might have been a bit later that year, but mm-hmm. I knew they had a lot of users, and it was like, okay, he can't be the only person who's who's got this issue. And I had nothing else good to work on. There was a little bit of the um, developer just itching to go and do something syndrome. You're I right, think so. Right. I've been spending uh, six weeks by that point um, investigating other ideas and just deciding not to do anything with any of them. But it felt it felt good. He, you know, he agreed a, a price that he was willing to pay for it, um, assuming it got to you know, a certain level, and introduced me to another person, another couple of people he knew who were using Trello, which I got a little bit of interest from. So I did a, a mix then of probably about six weeks of building and trying to validate, trying to um, yeah, contact people who had written blog posts about using Trello or anyone local. And I was looking at what local companies were mentioning Trello in um, job posts and things like this, going up to meetup groups. Um, I had an email list from a project that I'd been running the year before, which i just I think just a week earlier I emailed everyone and said hey thanks for coming along for the ride but I'm not doing this anymore. Um so I emailed all of them and said hey <laughs> hey by the way anyone use Trello? And I got a few people <laughs> interested with that. It was yeah, it wasn't a big win all of the
0: the validation side of it. I, it's a, it's an interestingly kind of niche product on a niche. It's a niche of a niche in a way, right? Yeah. So you know, the like very specific people who are using Trello. I mean, obviously, it, I I can understand why there could be a, a relatively big market, but um, I mean, I, not wishing to jump forward, but like, how many how many customers do you have at this point, and how long have you been going? So I
1: launched the first version in late April last year, I think i'm in sort of high double fingers of customers now so I'm, I'm at a point i'm approaching a point where i can make a living off of it for me and my family assuming you know nothing ever goes wrong with a house so you don't
0: you don't want to talk revenue
1: um yeah i'm okay with
0: that actually um so well, obviously you've got some targets so you're are you ready reven- yeah. let's put it this way if you if you put out your revenue right now i don't think you're gonna get like people coming over to, to, to rob you or anything like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: no. I don't think so. Far from it. Yeah, maybe sending me donations. Yeah. So, um, I'm about, at about $4,000 MRR at the moment. Um, Which sucks if you're English. Yeah, well, um, with the EU referendum coming up, the yeah. exchange rate's taken a bit of a uh, tanking so oh oh that's good for you then yeah awesome. that's great <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah that's awesome that's fantastic so, okay uh, but yeah. 4000 4, is great I mean that so in a year you basically are already as high as the max that I got to with Plugio in three years okay so that's really good and I'm looking at your price points which is obviously one of the biggest problems that I had with my with my app and you know you're starting at your 39 moving for a small team 79 for a big team and 159 for a company yeah 199 for a business. Well we can talk about that we can talk about that pricing that that strikes me yeah. as a bit weird. But um but it's it's you, the price points are higher and that's so much easier. You've it's really great what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I mean I it, I didn't cross 1000 until December, I think it was.
0: It's oh, mid-December.
1: Really? Um so I spent the bulk so I mean that sort of early um, planned. It was originally, like I was saying, it was focused on um, agencies, and it was only after launching that um, that I actually found some people to do proper customer development with, really, um, mm. and then built what Corello actually became, which is this um, for Agile teams. So that only really properly launched in October, I guess, and then it was kind of October, November, December, January a little bit was sort of frantically getting the features up to um
0: so you weren't doing like you know how Gabriel Weinberg says spend 50% of your time on uh, marketing
1: no not yet um it was interesting at the time because I I had this I had that fear I mean there was just just pressure driving me all of last year I think those six weeks when I was building and I was trying to talk to people and I wasn't getting a really strong signal from anyone that this was worth doing so I launched Hmm. partly because I was like okay I I need to get this out so I mean when I say launched I did it's like a show HN product hunt and I got an article in the next web um, but it was just kind of like needed to get it out there in front of people and if that didn't give me a strong signal I
0: was gonna kill it and move on to the next thing so basically you spent six months in kind of leap of faith mode
1: a little bit yeah these it wasn't it wasn't quite so bad but in because I was getting people signing up for a trial each week and they all got an email so I got you know a few Skype chats each week with people who were telling me the same things that they wanted um, So there was, there was a lot of feedback from people in that way, but I wasn't, the product just wasn't at a point where people were going to pay for it. So that's kind of why I didn't do the, the marketing at that point, because I was listed in the Trello, um, the Trello, whatever it is, plugin directory. Um, Mm -hmm. And was, Product Hunt was actually still sending a reasonable amount of traffic for the, sort of the remainder of that year. I think people looking for Trello plugins on Product Hunt, maybe.
0: Um, so you sort of you sort of felt to yourself, and um, maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm, I'm imagining what you felt. And so you tell me if I'm wrong or right. But it's like, I, I really want to get this right. I want to build this. I want to get this right. I can see that there's interest. And then I'm going like, to really try and scale it once I've got it right, once I'm happy and I feel like it's ready for me to start it was up, you know promoting it
1: it was more i mean there was an element of that that yeah i could i could have gone and promoted it and i would have felt i've been wasting that money because my you know my trial to um paid conversion rate was you know sort of one in a thousand or something but it was it was more <laughs> that i kind of didn't need to because i was getting i was getting those fifty, thirty 30 to 50 trials a week without having mm. to do anything yeah so it was like my time is better spent building everything that anyone I talk to tells me the same thing, you know, that if it had burned out charts, if I had a cumulative flow diagram, then, you know, that's what I'm looking for. So it was just kind of like, I, it felt like it would have been wasted effort at that point. So yeah, I don't disagree with Gabriel Weinberg, obviously, because he's like a super <laughs> smart guy. It's just, I think in that situation, I'd found a source of traffic that meant I could kind of get away with not marketing it um, as much as then I wasn't doing the, the other side of that. So, you know, when it came to marketing, I I hadn't done any of the experimentation, and I didn't know exactly how I was going to go and market it, which is, you know, with the other reason he says to do that. But um,
0: yeah. So you're with, you know, building it on top of Trello and basically augmenting Trello with, um, basically burn down charts and different graphs and status graphs and things like that. You're sort of riding the bull by building on top of their platform. That that worked out really badly for me. Um, what do you what are your thoughts about that for you in the future?
1: Yeah. It's it's a gamble. I think Trello are a pretty. It's it's a gamble. Like, but I mean, you've got to sort of. I think it it could work out. I could make some money from it, and then if it fails, I will have made the money that I made in the meantime. Um, I'll yeah. be a little bit sad if all I've done is subsist for two years. Um, i hope we sort of go better than that. But looking at at Trello as a company, I think you know they came out of Fog Creek, who, I think, have got. You know, they're sort of fairly well known in the developer world, and I think they want to be decent to their developers. Basically, I think it would be they're not they're not as big as Twitter that they can just sort of go and ride roughshod. And they've got a revenue model, <laughs> which Twitter didn't have back in the day. Oh, okay. So,
0: they have they have the revenue model. Yeah, now. So, I'm not familiar with that. So, what what is their revenue model now?
1: Um, so they've got so it's ultimately it's free, isn't it, just to sign up? But there is a paid paid plans. So you can have Trello Gold, which just gets you additional features, or a business class, which gets you, um, I think it's additional security, um, access to the power-ups, stuff like this. So there's a lot of, kind of, there's an add-on layer that they've decided, okay, people, some percentage of people will pay for this. I've got no idea how much revenue they're making, but they seem to be expanding um, fairly well. So
0: I'd be interested to know, the interesting thing about this is that um, so so we use Jira, which mm. does which does a combination of, of what you and what Trello are doing. Yeah. So what what's interesting is it's it's pretty expensive, and um, you know you pay a lot per user, um, and I would I would say a lot less than the mix of Trello and what you're using. It seems like there's some disruptive potential for you to uh, to to try and grab the market. You know, in that sense. Like the the overall market. So right now you're just you're just grabbing people from Trello, right? Yeah. But is is there a chance for you to just stop people just when they're about to choose Jira to say, no, come and get Corello? In you know, in conjunction with Trello. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think there is. I mean that's people that I have conversations with are um quite frequently either so they're either using Trello already, and they're thinking, oh, I need something else. So they're about to switch to something else. They start looking for alternatives, and they hit on Corello. But quite often it's well, they've been using Jira or something, and they've decided they don't like it. So they're looking for alternatives. And then, you know, because someone on their team has planned their wedding or their house renovations in Trello... They say, oh, why don't we check this out? Uh, and they, you know, So they go and try Trello out, and then they look for plugins and get Corello. So th- there is a bit of that, um, I think. And then, yeah, also those teams that are looking for Atul. I think that's why Jira do, if you're less than 10 people, it's $10 or something, isn't it? They sort of try and make sure they get you sort of locked in mm-hmm. early on. Um, but, yeah, so th- there's a bit of that. I mean, that's exactly... The audience I'm going after is people who, for whatever reason, would rather use Trello. Which there, I mean, there are some people who just would rather use Jira anyway. But some people really like the way Trello works, and um, quite often it's the team members who enjoy using Trello, and the boss just wants some extra graphs, charting information, and mm. they just don't want to have to tell the team that they're not allowed to use a tool that they want. So that's yeah, that's absolutely the market I'm going after. The, the pricing, when I worked it out recently, was based on um jira as well and trying to make oh, sure nice. that i was pegged roughly to what their um their tiers are
0: and so you uh, clearly you're doing the podcasting circuit because i know that we're the second people that you've spoken to so is that another thought about um is that a uh, like a long-term marketing strategy or is that just a you know oh uh, this this is something i'm doing as well
1: yeah it's was, it was a try it as a one-off i thought and see how it worked. and also i just think it's i because I've been working on my own for a year. It's kind of fun to sort of have a chance to talk to some people as well and talk about what I'm doing, you know. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and for you, I mean, because I missed some of the, the bootstrap chat on um, texting as well, because it's not yeah. so common you guys get into that. Like, I would like to hear more about what, what you're up to at the moment as well. Uh-oh.
0: This <laughs> is the unsolicited advice section. The unsolicited <laughs> advice sec- section about texting. No, I mean, I totally, I, I agree with you and I understand. And, and the problem is, is that, um, you know, with uh now that i don't do plugio anymore and that i'm basically cto of like just a, a regular funded startup it's i can't really talk about my the funded startup too much because it's nope. like proprietary and like hidden and secret yeah and um there's not too much else i can really talk about i mean other than just you know links and and some of jason's stuff so it's that's a bit of a, a bit of a sad fact about where texting's things are at the moment but i i don't think it'll always be like that but that's just our phase yeah um but uh yeah i mean that's kind of another reason why we kind of jumped at the chance to talk to you because it's nice to just at least well first of all you're a long-time listener how long what show did you start at
1: i was trying to i meant to look this up earlier i remember listening pre-plugio um oh okay cool you had an interview with someone and i think you got excited about the sort of twitter api i can't remember what you were because you were um doing a lot of Um, PHP stuff at the time where you sort of um, putting a Mm -hmm. lot of posts out on Twitter I can't remember exactly how it came but it was around then I can't remember how I found you so
0: like you've been you've been with us for like four you know over four years at least four or five years yeah yeah so um, well that's cool
1: (laughs) (laughs) strange to be um, on a sort of a live listening experience (laughs) rather than just downloading it yeah
0: well, you you should come to our next texting summit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which yeah. by the way was an absolute blast. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I need love to, um, to see get a flight out uh, sometime. Would be cool. Just put Jason in a room with a bunch of texting listeners and watch miracles happen. <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it did sound very good. So, um. So okay. So uh. So what else would you like to what do? You think would be fun to talk about? So. I mean, I think some of that whole,
1: the validation stage, I mean, this is the other reason to try and talk about things now, I guess, is whilst all that pain of last year is still sort of fresh in my head, Yeah. you know, and I think sort of listening to you, sort of looking to validate some ideas recently, um, and it's just, it's that tricky thing of, you know, do you try and build an audience, but then if you build an audience and you get, um, you get an idea, but then you decide to pivot into a new audience. You've kind of wasted all of that effort over there. And how do you go about pitching things? So, but yeah, I mean, you not. I,
0: yeah, I've been super, so frustrated. Like just, I just can't find anything to do as a side project. And I've like thought of, I don't know, thousands of things at this point. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's almost like you just can't see the wood for the trees, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of jealous of anyone like you who just, has found the thing that they're gonna build <laughs> it's like you found something that makes sense and that you can stick with and that you can see a path I, th- I and i i almost wish that there was a product like that but i don't think that it's not a great product to build because people only need it once for you know once every like five years okay but yeah. it's it's damn tough to uh, to to find it like and, and there are you know there's different people who have different approaches like you know amy hoy with the kind of safari Yep. concept where you kind of go through forums and stuff but i still don't quite fully grok that like how does that truly work but also uh, to jason's point which is you know you only want to, want to work on something you're really passionate about i'm i'm kind of jealous about jason right now because he's so into his the thing that he's working on yeah um the um math academy stuff and uh, this is the happiest i've seen him since i've known him <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is great yeah I've not listened yeah. to the last podcast
0: yet but I was just reading the notes on it and he's got the, the
1: double madness is it
0: for yeah double madness big time
1: <laughs> that's a lot of madness so uh, yeah do, I mean do you find when you're looking at ideas you, I, I mean I, I was worried a little bit that I'd sort of become allergic to getting too enamored with something and running off because I'd done that so many times before so when I was validating these ideas I felt like I was almost giving them too hard a time but then uh, do you know what I mean
0: well, no, I mean, I, I do. I get very excited about something, and then I talk to maybe Jason or Phil, and then they'll tell me why it's a load of rubbish. And it's like, damn, why didn't I think of that? Um, most recently, uh, the idea was an idea for a a social network where you just had one follower and one, and you could only post one thing a day. Okay. <laughs> and so i you know, my my thinking was, oh well, that would be great because it would create so much scarcity that it would make you know all the true value rise to the top but they really didn't like that concept. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is,
1: like, so when I started on Trello, there was, there was already a few plugins for Trello that did the dev team stuff. So I thought I will stay completely away from that. Which, so I, I got, what I got excited about originally was just that there was all these people who I knew were using Excel and Post-it Notes before and mm-hmm. suddenly all the data is in Trello and suddenly you can start doing more with their project data. You know, it's people who were, were doing project management before, but in a very loose way. Um, yeah. And suddenly there was this possibility to sort of raise them up quite a bit because they, you know, there's all this information which they didn't realize they could get um, access to. And I was, I went along to a local meetup and I was trying to, chat to people who were maybe using Trello and I got chatting to one guy and he was CTO of a, a local company that I know and he was saying that they were using Trello but they couldn't get this that, and the other out of it so they were going to move to Pivotal Tracker and me and him had a good laugh about how insane it was to try and run a dev process on Trello and I went away and it was only a few months later I thought back on it. I was like, oh wait a <laughs> minute, <laughs> he would have been like ideal customer zero for this, you know, but yeah. it's, it's that thing It's and it's very easy yourself I think to put an idea down until you talk to five people who have the exact problem, you know?
0: Um, and exp- well, in a funny kind of way, I think you could just do, I think you could almost do anything as long as you stuck at it and just pivoted in the right way. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think that that's there too. I mean, I, I, I've built a number of things where I'm sure that they could have turned into something, but I just got sick of them. Yeah. You know, I just didn't want to put in the effort. It just wasn't interesting or I wasn't passionate about it so that's kind of another problem
1: yeah it's that half-life of your own motivation isn't it and being aware of that you know and i think that's been good being full-time on it rather than even as on weekends because i could move (laughs) things on a lot faster so i didn't have time to sort of run out of interest i suppose
0: that's a huge uh, sorry sorry for interrupting but i suppose that's a huge part of um why it's so great that you find people who have that need because i you know i personally do find that a massive motivation and that helped a lot with plugio when people were just like pulling their hair out why can't i do this why can't i do this with twitter why can't i do this with etsy yeah. and then being able to solve their problems for them so i guess i just haven't found a group you know that group who are just full of problems and that's really been the issue and you and so maybe that's what that's what it's all about it's just about finding the group who have the problems who you can help because it feels great to help people
1: yeah yeah and i think it's having something out there was where that worked for me so i mean so i did those like six weeks of building did this launch and i got about i think it's like one and a half two thousand people signed up for a trial so there was was a free tier at the time which i end of life last year sometime i had um Mm -hmm. everyone signed up for the free tier basically (laughs) instead of that yeah um and that was that was where that group came from then but this is the thing isn't it it's like um i was talking to someone about this the other day you know if you've got an the idea that you're gonna build a audience and then build something for that audience. I would have gone off and tried to build an audience of marketing agencies using Trello. But actually, yeah. they were like, they, they've worked out okay and they're still sort of a significant amount of my customers but not anywhere near as well as development teams using Trello and I had no idea they were there. You know, so it was like a local maximum, basically. So it's that. I, I think I would try and do something similar again if I could build, you know, um, MVP, and do a sort of spaghetti against the wall kind of launch and then talk to everyone who signs up and i think that was one of the, the sort of mindset changes for me was to realize that all those people who signed up in that first week after launch were not interested in what i built but they had a problem in roughly that area and what i needed mm. to do was go and talk to every single one of them and find out what their problems were and then find well, so their, here's the
0: question could yep. you have got there could you've got there even faster if you'd have just done the landing page method and just basically? built your landing page, and then just got them to sign up for the beta?
1: Possibly, um, possibly, but it would have been hard to do the launch events that I did, I guess. So the three things I did, you know, the show HN, you can't really do with a landing page. The same with product hunt and getting the next web, web article relied on having something there. So I think it made it easier for other people to buy in and not that, you know, not that Show HN is a marketing plan, and there was like no guarantee that if I did it again, it would work. But um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think I think having something built helped, but spending six weeks on it felt like as long as I wanted to, to go without getting something out there. So
0: yeah, six six weeks is that's a, that's not long at all. That's really quick. So I mean, anyone who can anything that you can build in that amount of time, I, I feel like that's enough. That's not too much to put down. You know like not not too much of a down payment of time
1: yeah yeah no it was was reasonable it was just i felt my sort of time burning up (laughs) so i was like under the gun but it's it's that thing isn't it? it's a a landing page can give you that but a a working product people can sign up for is better and it's just that trade-off isn't it of whether you think it's worth the, the time or not and i think for me it worked it worked better because it gave me that opportunity to do that launch that way rather than trying to do an AdWords thing um, which I probably would have targeted completely the wrong keywords because I would have been going after, um, you know, something generic like Trello reporting rather than Trello um, burn down charts and Trello cumulative flow diagrams.
0: So, yeah. I mean, something that you've got going for you is the same thing that Bear Metrics have which is like, because people already have a lot of data in their account, you you can just, I love that big green button, see a dashboard with your data on your homepage. So people can just like plug in their details and boom. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of, you know, the, it's like instant gratification and it helps you. So you're seeing value instantly. Yeah. That's kind of perfect. Um, So that's, that's a you know, another, ma- you know, major bonus over, for example, what I was doing with Plugio, which is more like, you can't really see it you know it's like schedule your tweets and you know they'll go out there but you you don't really see that <laughs> yeah yeah it's given people that
1: first bit of excitement that they're using the product isn't it and i mean definitely good with dashboard tools that there's no working parts really you log in and it's the information's there there is a there's a bit of setup with corello and there's a lot more now than there was back in the day but um, I did like early on that idea of trying to do the click here, and it will just magically, you know, work out how they're doing everything through some sort of heuristics, and then they can go and edit if if they want. But um, yeah, that's cool. What's the, What tech stacks it built on? So Java, um, and React on the front end. So
0: oh how have you found react i've heard a lot of good press about react
1: yeah i really love it so I'm, I'm not really a front-end javascript kind of guy and that was one of the things i was doing when i was sort of spending the three months building it all out last year was learning react and rewriting all the front-end that i had done in react and it was great it was the first javascript i'd ever written that i didn't hate immediately like the next day sort of <laughs> looking at it so so yeah. so
0: tell so give us a little a little of an overview of react and why that's interesting
1: yeah, so it's component-based, which you'll have to kind of bear with me because I'm not, like, say, a front-end guy, so I've not used um, no Angular worse. and all these kind of things. So um, component-based, you're building components which combine the um, logic and the view, hmm. which is sort of goes against the grain of the MVC sort of pattern but actually works very nicely because the two can fit together in one place. Um, oh. I like
0: the encap- I like the kind of the encapsulation of that you know the way that everything all the responsibility of drawing the piece the logic and and the kind of uh, view is all in one single place
1: yeah yeah exactly because um, but I mean because you just find yourself changing that the two um, at the same time so often mm-hmm. I found when I was doing it from the past you're going and looking for some template file somewhere and then going and changing your knockout model or whatever it is somewhere else Um so that, I think that encapsulation was one of the things that helped tie it all together for me and keep it all nice and clean and tidy because you just have a, a large component at the top broken down into smaller components, which are broken down into smaller components, which are reused, and the way you configure them and set them all up, it's... um it's sort of using it's sort of pseudo html so there's some xml that's sort of mixed in there which you can pass um properties through to the components so you declare your react component but then the top level might be dashboard and then underneath the, that you've got you know i've got so i've got current tab history tab so those can just be you know angle brackets um corello dot um current tab crawler dot history tab um with the sort of properties you want to pass down to them and it's just the way that you wire it all together feels yeah feels quite nice keeps it all separated out nicely have it all into separate files and just sort of keep it all yeah nicely organized yeah
0: and so and so you said that the back end is java right so does that mean does that mean you worked in the financial industry before you did this
1: (laughs) (laughs) so no i did not work in the financial industry i worked (laughs) um for a small software company down in the southwest that did performance management software and I had worked... I'd done a bit of Java before, but mainly C++. But yeah. my old um, boss there was a big Java head. He wrote computer games in Java. I think still does, actually. <laughs> um, so yeah, we were... That was a crazy tech stack because it was Java deployed to Windows Um with sql server and it was a thick client that you're downloading so we were just in this world that, you know when you google a problem and like no one else in the internet has got your problem <laughs> oh my god so um, that sucks yeah so it's nice to move into
0: a, a world where there's a community and other people have got got the issues and so do you use um still use sql server or are you uh, onto like something like postgres or mysql uh mysql
1: yeah nice yeah i never looked at postgres but i hear a lot of good things about it but it was it's always been one of those i haven't got the time to go and learn a new technology and this one kind of
0: works so i will go with it but yeah you mysql awesome. for plugio uh yeah um, well but- yeah i mean so you probably know i sold plug a few years ago but yeah, uh, yeah it did it it is mysql yeah we um on, on modern teacher our tech stack is um we use laravel uh which is a php framework which is yeah. basically i would say the equivalent of um ruby um it's it's pretty nice and uh, have mySQL um, as our backend um, we did have a much more complicated uh, tech stack we still do for our, our product version 1.0 but now we're doing a new product which is just you know much simpler much uh, much simpler tech stack okay so and it's been a lot of fun to build that out actually yeah so yeah
1: that's an interesting area I mean the whole I had an interview for a position um, with a education-based startup here in bristol actually about a year ago Mm -hmm. when i was still sort of wondering if i was going to do the bootstrapping or not and i i don't know i think that's a really interesting area to work in there's just so much good to be done i think by improving the way that
0: oh in in education yeah yeah well what we've we've pivoted because what we were doing i mean i I, I don't mean to railroad the show but uh, just i'll just tell you quickly what we were doing was we were doing an in-classroom app so basically it was this kind of real-time app and we still have this app as one of our products but it's like a it's like a real-time app where kids um ha- use tablets the teacher uses the tablet and the teacher has the dashboard of all the kids and can see where all the kids are and control all the other kids tablets and can put work out that way yeah um but uh but we we merged with a, a consulting company basically and what they what they are is they're all ex um administrators of a district And so they've got kind of like this larger vision of just moving the entire district um, to be more digitally conversant. And so what we've basically, what we're we're building now is something like, if you could imagine Basecamp uh, mixed with a framework and a plan to get a full district that has a couple of hundred schools, to get all those schools moved over to, to digital, you know, to tablets, to teach all the teachers how to create digital content to um get everyone on the system working because there's so much there's so much more to just giving kids a tablet yeah (laughs) you know like like you need to retrain the teachers how to work with kids in digital context and you know the old less the old way that they used to write lessons just doesn't work in a digital format so you need to retrain teachers how to use um, the new digital format and how to how to assess kids and all those different things and so it's kind of it's kind of like a, a three to five year process <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> to move a district over and we're basically building software that can help them facilitate that
1: so what sort of stuff are they doing with their tablets then in lessons which is so different
0: well so so if, if i mean think about the fact that a lot of a lot of teachers don't even want to use technology so a lot there's a lot of teachers who basically are just doing regular regular teaching where They basically take, you know, photocopy stuff out of books, and they stand at the front of the classroom and teach that way. And if you if you go to most school districts in America, I don't know what it's like in England, but in America anyway, in most in most school districts and most classrooms, that's how it works. So you need you need to basically. I think they you know they have like light boards and things like that. Yeah. But the but the idea of being like a completely flipped classroom where um, it just doesn't work that way where each kid is working at their own pace. So that's that's the difference, right? So if you look at the you know our software 1.0 in the classroom, the way it works is there may be 30 kids in a classroom and they're all going through the content at their own pace. And then if they have a, a question, they they kind of click the button and then that alerts the teacher. So the, the class is very quiet as the kids are kind of, it's almost like they're doing homework in the school and then the teacher is kind of going around to each kid and helping them with the problems on yep. a one-by-one basis. So that's just very different.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, so my wife works um, or worked in education before my um, daughter came along, uh, mainly library, but then she was a, um, a I'm trying to remember what call it. it was called, it was something developer for a while. So they were developing some of these um, sort of very simple things, you know, little quizzes and things that they were using in some of the classrooms there at the college she was at. As um, so we used to talk a bit about, yeah, the I mean, just yeah, the idea of flipping the classroom and the idea that you you're sort of standing there getting lectured that time is done with a video rather than some expensive teacher in front of you, and you use that teaching resource then to actually help you out with your homework and you know the bits. Were you tempted to get involved in building that? Um, I was tempted, but. It, anything like that felt like a large funded startup which isn't what i wanted to do at the time yeah so yeah there was a lot of ideas i mean must be similar to you got a list of ideas as long as my arm and i sort of categorize them into you know b2c which i just stay away from um and then b2b big which are kind of like okay one day if i really want to go and start a, a funded kind of thing i'll go after those and then the b2b small which is the more ones that i figured i could go after on my own
0: uh, whereabouts in the uk are you uh, down in bristol Oh, Bristol. Bristol. Yeah. And what, what, what's the, like, the, the tech startup scene like down there?
1: It's fairly good around Bristol. Bath is... Um, so for people who don't know Bristol and Bath, um, Bath is this um, beautiful little town, probably about an hour and a half out of London. And Bristol Love is Bath. its bigger, less well-known brother, basically, sort of next door to it. Um, so Bath's got quite a lot of people, I think, who moved out of London after doing their first startup and wanted to live somewhere pretty and because it's quite um small they're all sort of they're all sort of jumbled together in the center of bath so they've got a pretty good texting there um and and bristol there's a lot of good stuff going on so there's um just eat i don't know if you guys have got just eat over there yeah Uh, yeah yeah. so just Eat are based here
0: well i've Uh, I've heard of it i'm not sure they actually are here but they're basically in competition with um postmates right
1: okay i don't know that one yeah so yeah, maybe they're losing um, over that
0: again hey this is going to be a weird question but my 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 buddy my longtime buddy uh neil webb was from there from bristol and bath and he was a flash developer and relatively kind of well known in the flash scene okay. i don't suppose you've ever met or heard of neil webb no i don't think he lives so. in thailand now he hasn't been there for a while but oh, okay. i don't know you know the way it's a small world i thought i'd ask um so do you do you ever get tempted to uh to like fly over to silicon valley and see what's going down there
1: um, yeah, I mean, so me and my wife, before Iris was born, we did a, a sort of late honeymoon because we never really had the money for it. So we spent two weeks in San Francisco and then a little bit around the area. And I was kind of doing that with a view to thinking, could we face living out there? And that was that was one of the options when I took redundancy was um, leave the country and go and, you know, get set up in Silicon Valley because I'm sure I could walk into a job there easily enough. Mm. Um, yeah. That was, that was one of the things I was sort of semi-seriously considering at the start of last year. But, but I mean, ultimately, I just still really, really wanted to do my own thing.
0: Um, what kind of place are you living? Like, are you living in in city or are you like doing totally the uh, the kind of the countryside life where you've, you're raising your own chickens and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I've got no chickens.
1: I can see one, two, three, four. I can see seven or eight houses out my window. So I'm in a terrace right. street nice. um, okay. about 20 minutes from the center of Bristol. Um my complete mess of a back garden I started trying to turf last week and I just discovered a patio underneath all the gravel I dug up (laughs) so I gave up um yeah, yeah <laughs> you can okay.
0: tell i haven't been to the uk for a while because like i think that bristol is where 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 there's farms but of course it's not as i'm thinking of that because of the pro- the the brand bristol farms okay. <laughs> which is over here but um no of course bristol can, is very very, very countryside
1: if i go and if i go and wake my daughter up and lean out of her window i could probably see a hill oh, Um nice. there is countryside around here so I, I used to work down south from here about an hour on a train in a place called taunton mm. and That was a nice relaxing train journey each way because you're going through fields and there's the sheeps and everything. So it does get pretty (laughs) country fies early fast
0: out here. Awesome. Um, So I'm wondering where to take the conversation next. Um, Well, was there there any kind of like, I guess we'll we'll wrap up quite soon, but is there any key lessons or takeaways that you, you have from the experience so far? So I think...
1: It was where well, fir- the first one was very much that, you know, getting I think when I first launched Corello and I talked to some people and got some feedback, and I got my buddy who was, you know, paying for it, I really believed when I put that out there that that was the product that people were going to buy. And it was only. Mm-hmm. Um, It was actually um, Josh Pickford at Bear Metrics. I noticed he signed up. So I sort of emailed him as I was emailing a lot of people saying, you know, can we have a Skype chat and understand your problems? And um, he convinced me to talk to everyone because I was being quite selective at the time about who I talked to. And he said, just Mm. talk to everyone and find out what their problems are. And what you've built is not a solution to their problems yet, but they care enough that they gave you their email address and access to their Trello boards. And it was that realization. And, uh, you know, still all of last year, as I was putting features out, it still wasn't there. And I needed to continually just go back and talk to everyone, talk to new users all the time. Um, I think that's sort of a big takeaway for me. Um, I'm hoping I wasn't the only person naive enough to make that mistake. So <laughs> that might be useful for other people. And um, just, go on. You can say uh,
0: no, no, I was. I, I, you, no, you go on.
1: Uh, the other thing, just very briefly, was just sort of the signals... That I was trying to pay attention to, I was sort of chatting to someone about this the other day, and I've, I've still not really worked out what it was, but there was something all the way through that was keeping me going, so early on, it was just you know it was one or two people having an issue which they identified with, but mostly it was just kind of right, I found two people um and I've talked to fifty, so is that enough of a signal to keep on working on this or not, you know, and it's just that, yeah. It, it maybe it wasn't, then maybe I should have stopped. So, you know, with another business I would have carried on, there would have been a mistake. I don't know. Mm.
0: I suppose one question I wanted to ask you just before um we we closed out is um what is your marketing plan moving forward? Like what what way are you gonna reach out to people or how are you gonna find people?
1: Yeah, sure. So um I'm doing a bit of experimentation. So sort of late last year I started doing a bit of the traction book experimenting with different channels. Um so at the moment SEO is looking like something that I need to do a bit more of. So I've been sort of gradually doing a bit of that. But there are people searching for things which um, lead to sort of good them becoming good customers, basically. So okay. SEO AdWords, I think I can do affordably with the price points that I've got. I need one of my notes for tomorrow is I need to come back to AdWords actually and just sort of run another few tests for that but it's looking fairly good. I tried Twitter and LinkedIn and a bit of Facebook and they were quite expensive for getting people, but I, I might go back to Twitter because I think that was, cost me about three quid to get a trial, which last year was just, would have meant hemorrhaging money, but.
0: Have you tried um, uh, Reddit? No, I haven't
1: actually. That's not a bad Red- idea.
0: Reddit's interesting, you know, um, because, because it's, it's niche, you know, specific, you know, all the subreddits. And there's there's a lot of subreddits like things like startup and entrepreneur and things like that that have you know thousands of people yeah uh, you know so I think Reddit if you know if if even when I ever get a new side project Reddit is going to be one of my first go-tos but especially what's interesting about Reddit is that when you put the ad up there I mean because it's such an active community like and it's an engaged community there's this little thing that says discuss this ad. Yeah. And that you get so much feedback. Like I've been looking through the different ads and the feedback is like incredible. Like it's just because the other thing is they're just no bullshit, those kind of Reddit users. Yeah. yeah. So they'll just tell you really what the deal is, you know. Yeah. Um so I I recommend that. I think that would be a good one to try.
1: That's good. Yeah, I can see Reddit's number four on my social display ads list, which is number three in my list order of traction channels I think I want to investigate. So nice. Yeah. Nice but yeah it's, it's a good idea I've kind of forgotten about that and the marketing is uh, so i have sort of been transitioning last year from mostly coding to and uh, maybe a little bit of marketing to this year mm-hmm. coding but with a view to activation rates so trying to get my activation yeah. rates up and just improve all my numbers and force myself so i'm doing a day a week of marketing at a minimum um at the moment but i mean one of the things i'm working on at the moment is slack integration which is mm. coding but it's Purely for marketing reasons, to try and get into their Slack app directory, because I'm hoping that can add a, another little trickle of users. I mean, they're just they're growing so fast, aren't they, at the moment? Slack. I think if you can get Crazy. in their app directory, it's got to be a good thing.
0: So, yeah. So integration marketing. Nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, that's I mean, that's ultimately what I'm doing at the moment with with Trello. It'll be interesting to see if it works with Slack. I might then roll that out to other platforms, but I mean Slack was interesting. So those 80 odd customers I've got, um, I emailed everyone on my list um, announcing the last um, enhancement that I put out, and I put in there at the bottom. Next thing I'm working on is this Slack integration. Let me know if you're interested, and I've already got 10 people who want to be on the beta for it out Hmm. of out of 80 customers. You know.
0: So what kind of things would you do? Like, I mean, what what kind of things would you do with Slack?
1: At the moment, it is going to be um, looking at a burn down chart. So, you know, people are doing their the remote teams doing their stand-up in the morning and they want to get their burn down chart in there or just want to check on where they're at. at the oh, in Slack? In Slack, yeah. So oh, there'll be a that's, that's a great idea. And it'll yeah. just pull that chart in. And then the other charts as well. So it's just what you can see in Corello, but without having to go to um, Corello for it. I might do a um, like a daily or a weekly post into the into a channel. Say, you know, here's the latest stats. I've had one or two people ask me for that. Uh,
0: so, yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I think I think that uh, I think we're good. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to to go over, but uh, I mean, basically, well done. <laughs> you know, congratulations. You've done something that so many people want to do. Like a lot of a lot of people talk about it, and not very many people do it, and you've done it. You know there's different phases of that as well first of all there's the phase of talking about it then there's a the phase of actually doing something then there's the phase of talking to customers for real and launching something then there's just the continued the phase of continuing to do it so you've you've surmounted a lot of that and so this is this is going to work i think it's just you it obviously is working already so well done
1: cheers yeah thanks i mean i think if anyone's thinking of it out there i think the big change for me was going full-time as well which It's obviously like a bit of a leap like you say when you haven't got any revenue coming in um and i had enough savings for sort of a cushion for a year but um it made such a huge difference to see the speed that i could iterate on things so it's definitely worth considering if anyone's thinking they want to do the same
0: any any special message you might have for jason (laughs) <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> yeah no i will say it to his face if i <laughs> all right no i'm sending my love though i did
0: this, i will do opportunity to chat to him as well <laughs> all right look um thanks so much uh robin um it's great to talk to you and uh if you use trello please do check out robin's uh, corello which is getcarello.com it is dashboards for agile teams using trello well Thanks very much Robin.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, and thanks for all the podcasts over the years. I um, like <laughs> to say I've been a huge fan. So, you're welcome. All right. Well, uh, that's the wrap. We're out.